Hey watchers, today we are back with a master of horror, Stephen King, and this particular film started off a franchise that spans decades and has 11 consecutive films. So get ready to fight off droves of demon-worshipping, corn-obsessed children as we take on 1984's supernatural horror film, Children of the Corn. Welcome to the Midnight Watch Podcast, the show where we discuss classic, cult, and modern classic movies. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Josh Baruto, and we review movies that are at least 10 years old. Fair warning, we're big on spoilers here, straight from the get-go. We rate these movies in four categories. Number one, the level of impact and success it had when it was released. Number two, how relevant is it today? Number three, our own personal enjoyment of this movie. And number four, is it a Midnight Watch? What is a Midnight Watch? It's a film which completely captures your attention, drawing you in. No matter what time or what part you start watching the movie, you have to finish it. Man, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. I think this is going to be... I think so. Yeah. Okay, let me just jump right into and, some... And maybe not for what everyone's thinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's... Okay. Yeah, I got a lot to say about this movie. Um, I definitely wanted a beer when I was going to talk about this movie. I think it's just going to get crazy. <laughs> Just got to uh, get loose. Yeah. So this is directed by Fritz Kirsch, who um, went on to direct such classic films as Gore and Crayola Kids Adventures, Gulliver's Travels. Oh, it's yeah. A, blockbusters. It's all a pay- of them. Hey, it's a paycheck, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> screenplay by uh, George Goldsmith, who didn't really do anything else. Um, let's see. Score by Jonathan Elias, who didn't really do a lot of other stuff either, except he did all the music for Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> you remember that show? I do. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just because I totally remember that. That was a that was kind of a big thing, right? I remember like, being a blockbuster and always yeah. looking at the new one that came out. Yeah, I was remember it seeing like Mr. T fighting in a cage match or something like that, and I was just like uh-huh. the whole claymation. I was like, this is fun, and then somebody got ripped in half, and I was like, what am I watching? Right. Um, let's see. Though the budget here was eighty eight hundred thousand dollars. I was I was finding another number that said three million, but I don't think that's true. I think that the budget is actually eight hundred thousand dollars on this. And right. I saw both of those numbers too. I would also lean with the eight hundred thousand. Yeah. And uh, it said box office though is fourteen point six million. And I can tell you right now, it's because it had Stephen King's name on the trailer. Dude, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Which is actually funny, though. 1984, if I'm not mistaken, that's the same year The Terminator came out. And it's Linda Hamilton starring in this movie and starring right. in The Terminator. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who else was starring in here? That was Peter Horton. We have John Franklin, Courtney Gaines, R.G. Armstrong, and a bunch of other fools that didn't really do <laughs> too much. Um, right. I'm making fun of them, but hey, they had careers, and I'm I'm on a podcast, <laughs> so right. <laughs> we're recording in our respective closets. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So hey, you know what? More power to them. That's um, right. So yeah, right off the bat, Linda Hamilton, man. Like I actually like the first scene she was in, where it's actually kind of really sweet, romantic, um, right? Character building moment. And I was right. like, oh, this is fun. This is cool. And then she does nothing the rest of the movie. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that, that was it. it. <laughs> yeah, turn it off after that scene. You're good. Yeah, I just was like, 
for somebody who's known as like the ultimate like heroine in movies, right. which you know, which I know like in the first Terminator movie, she wasn't the same character that she is in T2, but she still did stuff in the, the first movie. She was awesome. Right. And then watching her right. in this movie, she literally gets crucified. And then like at the one part of the end of the guy's like, get out of here. She gives him the dirty, uh, dirtiest look like, fine, whatever. And just walks off. Right. <laughs> and it, right. It, it's, yeah, it, it's bad. It's bad. Anyways. Oh, uh, I, I, think, I think everyone knows how we feel about this movie now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump into that synopsis and then we'll get yeah. into the... Get into all the the nitty-gritty. Here we go. Thank you, Wikipedia. The film is set in the fictional town of Gatlin, Nebraska, an agricultural community surrounded by huge cornfields. In 1980, the town appears to be neglected except for the church, and residents choose biblical names over more modern ones. When the corn crop fails one year, the townsfolk turn to prayer to ensure a successful harvest. However, 12-year-old Isaac Croner takes all the children in Gatlin into the cornfields and indoctrinates them into a religious cult based around a bloodthirsty deity called He Who Walks Behind the Rose. Isaac and his subordinate, 18-year-old Malachi, lead the children in a revolution, murdering all of the adults, ages 19 and up, since 18-year-olds are seen as halfway between teenager and adult, in town as human sacrifices, poisoning and butchering them. Only Job and his sister Sarah are not involved, as Sarah was sick and Job was not allowed to attend the meetings in the corn with the other children. The opening credits reveal that Sarah has visions portrayed through the, through the credits via drawings. Three years later, on October 31, 1983, Vicki Baxter and her boyfriend Bert Stanton travel through rural Nebraska on their way to Seattle, where Bert will start working as a physician. Elsewhere, a young boy named Joseph tries to flee Gatlin, but is attacked in the corn. He stumbles out into the road, and Bert accidentally runs him over with his car. However, Bert discovers that his throat was cut beforehand. Bert and Vicky place Joseph and his suitcase in their trunk and search for a phone to call for help. They find an elderly mechanic named Deal, the last adult in Gatlin, but he refuses them service, as he has agreed to supply the children with fuel in exchange for his life. However, the merciless Malachi breaks the pact and murders him against Isaac's wishes when Deal tries to steer the couple away from Gatlin. Vicky and Bert explore the abandoned town and find Sarah alone in a house. While Vicky stays with her, Bert searches the town. Malachi and his followers appear, capture Vicky, and take her to the cornfield where they place her on a cross to be sacrificed. Bert enters the church where a congregation of children, led by a girl named Rachel, are performing a cultural birthday ritual for Amos by drinking his blood from a pentagram shaped cut on his body. Amos has turned 19, so is considered old enough for his passing, joining their god in the cornfield. Bert scolds the children for participating in a blood ritual, and an enraged Rachel stabs Bert, when uh, then Malachi and the others chase him. Job rescues Bert, and they hide in a fallout shelter with Sarah, where they learn Vicky was captured and agree to help him rescue her. The zealous Isaac scolds Malachi for his treachery in killing Deal, their only source for fuel. Malachi, tired of Isaac's preaching, takes over, ordering Isaac to be sacrificed instead of Vicky. Isaac warns Malachi that sacrificing him will break their pact with he who walks behind the rose, and the children will be severely punished. That night, Bert sneaks into the cornfield to rescue Vicky. During Isaac's sacrifice, a supernatural light appears and devours the screaming Isaac. Bert emerges and overpowers Malachi, pushing him to the ground, then convinces the children to abandon the cult and run for safety. 
Isaac suddenly reappears, revived by he who walks behind the rose, informing Malachi that the deity is angered over him being sacrificed and that he wants Malachi sacrificed as well for his betrayal. Isaac seizes and kills the terrified Malachi by breaking his neck. A storm appears over the cornfield, and Bert and Vicky shelter the children in a barn. Bert reads a passage in the Bible Job gives him. Job also reveals that the police officer tried to set up the gasohol, uh, just a big old tank full of fuel, to stop he who walks behind the rose, but Malachi murdered him before he could finish. Vicky rereads the passage and realizes that the cornfield must be destroyed by fire in order to stop the false god. Bert sprays the cornfield with gasohol and tosses a Molotov cocktail into the field, setting it alight and destroying the demon, along with Isaac. Vicky, Bert, Job, and Sarah return to the car to leave Gatlin, but find it disabled. Rachel attacks Bert, but Vicky knocks her out with the car door. He is worried about just leaving her there, but Vicky quips that they will send her a get-will card from Seattle, and they depart with the kids. I love how he's at the end. He's just like, "We'll send her a gift or a card from Seattle," and then it just immediately flashes up the end, and there's like no music, and it's just over. And they just start walking away. And I, I love like it's such an abrupt ending, but at the same time, I actually really liked that. How it's just like the end. I did too. And then like there's no like music. There's no like freeze jump in the air. There's like it's just. It's over, and you just like you hear this the crickets and whatever, and they're slowly walking away, and then and then the credits come up, and then it fades to black, and the music comes in. I right. I, I thought that was actually kind of cool. I think that was the best scene in the movie. <laughs> I liked that scene. I okay. liked the the diner massacre. Yeah, that was done, that was well done too, because it just jumped right off. It had mostly off screen violence, which I am a big fan of when it's done correctly. But unfortunately, it was like ninety percent off screen violence. With no emotional payoff yeah, in I, this movie for me. I'm the same way. I feel like uh, off-screen violence is uh, it's a really good way of getting away with uh, no budget. But at the same time in this movie, though, I mean, it's Children of the Corn. Like, you're expecting, like, like gruesome let's see some, some nasty. I mean, dude, the, the picture is of the kid holding a Sith. Like, that's when you see that. Right. You're like, it's Murder Town, USA. Right. And... Bro, the the Wikipedia thing that I just read was more interesting than this movie. Yeah, it's true. Like, yeah, for and, real. Like, and not only that. Okay, let's backtrack a little bit. Have you read the short story? I did. It's been a long so, time since I read it. I remember I actually really liked the short story. I also read that book, you know, the collection of short stories. And I, I only remember, I don't remember this one. So I had to get the cliff notes on it. Mm-hmm. But as I'm reading the cliff notes, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this was super dark. It, you know, kind of scary. And this, I can't even say this is a neutered version of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, the movie's a neutered version. And part of the problem is that whatever, I can't remember uh, the screenwriter's name. Because I guess Stephen King wrote a screenplay for this movie. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't like it because he really focused on the relationship of Bert and Vicky. Which, as we all know, the it, well, okay, my opinion. The greatest thing with Stephen King's stories is his character development, and you really care about these characters. I agree. You couldn't give a fart in the wind about these characters, except no. for Vicky in the hotel room, which, like you said, that was a really great part of the movie, and that was the only emotionally yeah. cool part, really. When it started, um, I was like, oh, this is better than I remember. And then right. like a few minutes later, I was like, this is worse than I remember. <laughs> and right. So, so I think we kind of got ahead of ourselves there. But anyways, well, let me just finish my thought, and then we can backtrack even further, because we didn't talk about when we first saw this movie. Oh, my Lord. Oh, our, our bad habits are really Bad cool. habits, yeah. But um, anyways, yeah, so apparently the producers didn't like Stephen King's version, 
because they focused too much on Bert and Vicky, so they went with this other guy, so it would be more of a straightforward, scary mm-hmm. thing, but... Good lord, it wasn't scary at all. You but. know what's the, the funny part about it is like they since most of the violence is off screen and you just see like these hands picking up knives and these shoes shuffling and right. shadows and stuff like that. That's all cool. It, if they didn't show Malachi, they didn't show any of the other kids and the audience doesn't know what's happening. But right. like the first scene in the movie, you straight up know exactly what's happening. And so if it was more of a mystery and you weren't sure what was going on, then it would be cool. Because then like I think if the, they then all of a sudden they're like, well, I mean, I guess the name gives it away. Children of the corn. But like if you didn't but know you it was kids. The children. Yeah. Yeah. You you didn't, they would have almost felt like ghosts or right. zombies at least or something mysterious. It would have felt more Hitchcock. Right. I think that would have actually built on it. I mean, now like people know what it is. Uh, I mean, it's a cl- it's a cult movie, cult classic. Sure. Um, it, I mean, obviously, there's like what eight, nine, <laughs> twelve other movies in the right. series, a remake, and then like it just keep coming. So, as Screen Rant said, somebody's watching them, so they keep coming right. out. I saw that too. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I just gotta say it. This movie was freaking boring. Yeah, like yeah. I was expecting a bad movie, and right. that's fine. I love I love bad movies. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't even schlocky. Like no, there was nothing to be like. Oh, that's terrible, but I like it. Dude, it was just boring. Right. It was slow. I have a note down here. I actually took a lot of notes in this movie. Uh, I have more notes on this movie than I do trivia. Uh, so like, yeah. yeah, I actually took a lot of notes too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So basically I wrote down the first 20 minutes of the movie um, basically was actually pretty good. And then it mm-hmm. stretched into... I, so I wrote the first 20 minutes of the movie is pretty much stretched into an hour and a half uh, because there's like... Not a lot that happens because, like, basically, I would say once he says like blood coagulates after four minutes, and they finally freaking get to Gatlin after this uninteresting part with um, R.G. Armstrong, who I like, he's a good actor. I've seen him in some right. other stuff that's good. He just had nothing to do in this movie. Right, um, he's the mechanic. He's the mechanic, and uh, yeah, when they finally show up to Gatlin, then it's like it's boring and like the malachi i just want to punch him in the face like he is such right. an, an annoying kid and right. which is kind of funny he's though he's just he was more goofy than menacing right i don't i mean i'm just going to be honest i thought he was a goofy looking guy and like sure. I, I think he grew into his looks but when he's all like outlander and i'm just like dude you could fit a bowling ball in your mouth <laughs> like right yeah. well i feel uh, like the movie's full of like no acting from the kids and then overly dramatic acting. Right. It's and weird. It, it's okay. Hey, we got to stop. Time out. When did you first see this movie, Jeremy? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> um, probably when I was on my Stephen King kick. So I would say probably like 2008 or something like that. And I remember okay. back in the day watching it and thinking, like, hey, this is an, this was interesting. But after reading the short story, I was like, dude, they could do this movie so much better. Um, right. I really think they dropped the ball. Okay, so let me back up real quick. Josh, where did you see? When did you see this movie? Well, uh, about four days ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Man, you must have been disappointed. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, it's okay. Yeah. I was expecting, like, I had a low bar. I was expecting to be, dis- well, not disappointed. I was expecting a bad movie. Right. Not a boring movie. Right, but like that's the and, thing. It, you expect it to be so bad, it's fun. Right. Well, that's like Maximum Overdrive. It's oh, the, such yeah. A, such a terrible movie that it's awesome, and I loved it. Right. This was not that. No. Like it felt it had it didn't even feel like a Stephen King movie. No. Well, I I kind of disagree with you there. I felt like they actually did have some sort of a. a to me, it kind of reminded me of like 
uh, retro king of just like kind of creepiness every now and then. Majority mm-hmm. of the film didn't, but there was different scenes like where um, I thought it was kind of creepy. Like when they, the kid comes, uh, gets you know killed in the cornfield, and then he's just randomly on the the highway, and they hit him, and then like Malachi, that little dream sequence thing happens. Like um, right. I was I was feeling some king vibes for there, but that's cool. But majority of this, I, I let, me, let me yeah. So I I guess I'll sum this movie up in one way. I was trying to figure out how to sum up this movie, and I figured it out. So All I was right. like. This movie is just as much fun as eating plain corn. <laughs> like it's <laughs> literally like you got to jazz it up a bit. You got to add something to it, you know? Right. Like you and gotta, not not sweet corn, right? No, not sweet corn. You got to butter it up. You got to get some Mexican corn, put some sugar on it, you know? You got to do right. something to it. And because this the story is interesting. Like Oh, an, I know. Yeah, yeah, the story is fantastic and it's it's super disturbing. Yeah. Uh especially like a lot of Stephen King's earlier stuff was definitely more on the disturbing side. Right. And this movie was not that. Though I have I'm curious what you think about this. I feel like part of the problem with this would have been the editing cuz like you said there's definitely some parts that were really stretched out and yeah. the movie clocks in at, at an hour and a half. So, you know, 90 minute movie. I'm sure they didn't want it to be shorter, but I wonder if you could edit this down just make a good movie with the footage they had. I'm just thinking maybe you could re-edit it and mm-hmm. make it um, creepier, faster paced. Like you said, you could probably even cut out some of the stuff with the kids so you just, you know, it's all vague as right. to who they are exactly and definitely pick up the pace. But yeah, I I think you could re-edit it what's even here. Right, because it's kind of weird. They like keep... So the confusing thing is like they keep... They show Malachi blatantly kill... Well, okay, so the beginning, they have the, the diner murder scene and you're like, oh, this is crazy you know like this is right. like this is intense and it gets it, it gets right into it like we're barely a few minutes into the movie like the credits are basically still rolling i think yeah pretty or much just after the credits yeah actually i think it's right before the credits because then like the credits roll and the curl is just is drawing the pictures oh yeah yeah and right. uh, so, so yeah it's immediately you're into it and you're like oh this weren't for a good ride right and then after that then like then they hide malachi or like you don't know who kills the kid in there and then immediately after that they show it's malachi and then like later they, they don't show the kids when like the mechanics gotta get killed and then like then you get the idea it's malachi and it's a bunch of other kids and so like they it's weird it's literally i've never seen this in a movie before where they like they show you the monster in the first five minutes, and then they don't show right. you the movie for the monster for ten minutes, and they're like, "Ooh, what is it?" And you're like, "I just saw the monster." And then, then, right. they, then they show you again, and right. it they do that back and forth and back and forth, and then to the end, you're like, "Oh, dude, Malachi, like he's this big scary guy," and then Bert just like hands his butt to him without even trying. Right. He's at the end, right. it's just like, I mean, the dude's eighteen year old kid who didn't really have anybody taller than him fight him or whatever, and so. I just I do love how Bert is literally pushing them around because they're kids and he's just right. like like I actually really liked Bert's character. I thought that he was actually an interesting character. No, it just it the editing I can see that if you cut out the parts where you see who's killing and and then like the first scene that you see of the kids, you would see them where uh, Elias, I think his name, or Eli, it's his 19th birthday and they're like cutting his chest and he's like, I get to go right. to see him. Like that scene's creepy because then you're just like, what's sure. going on? And that's when you get the major cult vibes instead of just murderous kids. Right. But, yeah, because they, they talk, you know, you get the the idea that there's some cult going on, but not not enough to really care because they until that one scene. Yeah. And then uh, they, I thought it was. Oh, sorry. Finish your thought. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, kind of jumping 
subject a little bit. So the the leader of the cult, the kid Isaac. Dude, I was literally about uh, to bring him up. So yeah, go ahead. Well, fantastic. So good. Yeah. We're tracking here. Um, he, you know, he looks like a weird and odd twelve year old kid. Turns out he's actually like I don't know twenty five. He was twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. Yeah, because he had some kind of hormone. Um, yeah, hormone uh, disorder or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Where right. uh, apparently after he, what was it, he hit puberty or something like that, then like he just stopped growing instead of started growing. Right. And so. He completely stunted, but not like a midget. I mean, he was he was a midget, but he was, he was proportionate, but he just literally looked like a child. It was crazy. Well, the it's. Voice, everything. It's weird. Um, Like. His face, there's. It sounds weird, but there's creases in his face where there's not creases in kids' faces. It's so when true. Exactly. That's why I say weird. <laughs> yeah. So when you see him, he looks older than a twelve-year-old, but he looks like a twelve-year-old, and so it's yes. It's actually, it's weird. Like he looks freaking weird. Like it, they, I think, like I didn't like it initially because I was like, why didn't they get a twelve-year-old kid to play this? But then not thinking about it now, I'm like, I actually kind of like that. He's actually kind of like he looks like an. It's weird. Like, you can't put your finger on him. I was just like, is that a kid or is that an adult? And right. that was good. I actually like that. Very, he's very authoritative, so it does kind of work. Yeah. Um, and tying in with that, so when they're driving in the car, Vicky and Bert, as they're you know on their you know their road trip, and mm-hmm. they haven't hit anything crazy yet, but they turn on the radio because they're bored, and they hear a you know brimstone and fire preacher you know, yeah. going at it. And they make fun of it, and they're like, oh, that's funny. But in the book, it's actually Isaac. That's what I thought. And they didn't. Who's preaching. Yeah. And they didn't do that. So I just feel like they took out a lot of the things that would have been interesting to have it tie in. Right. All tile together. And they took all that stuff out for no reason. Like, I don't understand the logic behind not having him right. be the preacher on the radio. Right. I, I feel like they should have. There is some really good cult horror movies out there. When I mean cult, I mean like they're about cults. Right. And I feel like this movie should have been, pardon my pun, the king of cult movies. Like it literally, <laughs> it should have just, it should have knocked it out of the park. And I, it's like, it's like other people watching this, I mean, obviously there's 12 other movies in this. So other people are, are like constantly trying to, to hit that bar with this because right. it's a cool idea. You know, it's, sure. it's cool. Have you, have you seen any of the other ones? No, be, honestly, because I want you to watch this movie. I was like, I don't want to watch any of the other ones because like. If this movie's boring, then the other ones are bad. But I literally was just talking to a friend of mine at work, and he said he's seen some of the other ones. And I was like, are they better than the first one? And he's like, no, they're worse. But a lot of them but go what does in- that mean, though? Are they more—I mean, if it's possible that they're more boring than the first one— No, you know, he then- specifically said after that, he said, but they're, like, so bad it's good worse. He was like, the first was just— we go. He was like, the first right. was boring, but then, like, apparently number three is, is actually pretty good. Bad good. Which I'm yeah. all about that. I love terrible films. Absolutely. And, and that's fully what I was expecting this one to be. Yeah. Though, dude, the little narrator Job um, is actually, I thought that was funny because he's like literally narrating something. He's like, then my dad got on the phone. And then his dad's like, I'm going right. to go make a call. And you're like, really didn't need that narration. <laughs> and then the one funny thing was funny when like, uh, well, the funny thing was funny <laughs> because. How funny? It was really funny. Let me tell you how funny it was. They When the kid's like, hey, I'm going to run away. And then the, he's Job's narrating. He's like, yeah, we were following him, but I wasn't scared. And then like right after that, he's like, I'm scared. And I'm like, okay. Right. So that's got to be like played for laughs. Like otherwise that's horrible editing. 
But right. so I, I thought that was kind of funny. So I wrote down, I was like, uh, I wrote down, narrator is unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, um, I think. I think they tried because with the with having the kid narrate, and he's a great little narrator. But it yeah, sounded he's a like fun character. It should have been like an old timey show, like The Waltons or yeah. uh, Little House on the Prairie or something yeah. like that. It, it felt like it should have gone with that vibe, and maybe that's what they were trying to incorporate right. to well, make it more uh, jarringly different when it goes to the you know the scary stuff. But right it it i don't know man it fell flat like you were just distracted by that more than anything versus oh it's cute oh it's horrible you know there, right. there really wasn't that no like and i it's interesting because like their hair they're not their hair their clothing style after well first off there's a three-year jump from the mat first massacre massacre to when bert and vicky show up on the scene which side note right. more more um, more main characters need to be named Bert in movies. <laughs> Let's just right away. Yes, absolutely. But the funny thing is, this is just a. Uh, I was just like, I guess I would call it the continuity error. Is um, the kids don't age? I mean, like it's three years. I'm mean, shoot. My daughter is is looks different in three months, and so right. Like yeah, just seeing that they don't age at all. I'm like, well, I guess they. I personally think it would have been cooler if there was no time jump. It was like this has just happened. It's fresh. Sure. Because they don't explain a lot of things, like the I think what the Wikipedia th- explained more about the story than the movie. Exactly, and I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I feel like whoever wrote the the write up in Wikipedia was also pulling from their memory of the book or the sequels. Maybe the sequels fill in a lot more. Oh, that could be too. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled from that. You know, inadvertently as well. Yeah. Speaking of uh, continuity errors, they when they're driving the car and they hit the one kid. Oh yeah, was basically yeah. dead. So there's blood everywhere, and then when they get back in the car finally, and they head down the road, there's like not a speck of blood on that car for right. like several scenes as they're driving, and then not until they get to the gas station to you know make the phone call, do you see there's blood all over the front of the car. And dude, also like when the kid he's face down after they hit him, they turn him over so he's face up, and then they are they're talking, and then the last scene they show of the kid before they put him in the in the car, he's face down again randomly, and I'm like, dude, that's a huge continuity error. That's I know. Not, that's literally like somebody in the editing room should have caught that. I mean, I know we're just picking at the movie now, but I just I sure. laughed out loud when I saw that. I've I've done a couple of small things, and I've done I made those mistakes, and I uh, right. it, it was just it was funny though. Oh, well, it, that's where it just it kind of surprised me that the producers wanted to well one not use any of Stephen King's input or his writing which he'd already put out some you know some major hits he's already a you know massive you know massively popular writer but right. then you get this director who's you know a nobody you get a screenwriter who didn't really do a whole lot right and you get this very bland you know, it, 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 you couldn't even call it a scary episode on Little House on the Prairie necessarily. It was just kind of right. Just kind of there. Anyways, yeah, I'm curious if you could re-edit this. You know, if obviously you could fix some of those continuity errors. That would be but, interesting. Well, I think one thing yeah. that would one thing that would also help the movie a lot too is I really didn't like the score in this film. I thought it was really boring. And well, it. I guess Pet Cemetery came out in. 89? Yeah, 89, yeah. I mean, we did cover that movie, but I already forgot. Mm. So they had the same, like, children's voices, and I know that was probably a pretty popular thing to use in a horror. Let me back that up. I like the the children's voices. That was great. That set the mood immediately at the beginning. 
I like that part. I didn't like the rest of the music though. No, no, but I, I to tack onto that, it was cool at the beginning, but I feel like it was overused, and there was never any like, and maybe just because visually there was no emotional payoff to either the terror or the gruesomeness or any of that, so it just felt empty having all those voices, and not in a cool haunting way. It was just. They're mm. there. It was like they're dangling the carrot like, oh, it's going to get creepy. It's going to get, you know, horrifically gory. And none of that ever happened. Right. And dude, they should have had Tom Savini on this film as the the special effects artist. Like That would have been amazing. That would have just brought it to a whole new level. I just, I mean, I don't get me well, wrong. Like, I, I, it, you don't have to have gore in a movie to be, be, to be interesting. But no. this, movie, this movie's not interesting. So it's like, let's see well, some gore. Dude, so we've covered several directors who, you know, were either unknown or, you know, hadn't done much or it was their first film. You know, you got the gorilla style of uh, George Romero. Uh, what's his name who directed Phantasm? Oh, John uh, Coscarelli. John. Don Coscarelli. Right. Um, Toby Hooper. You just have all these guys that were able to pull off off-screen violence right and didn't have a lot of blood and gore everywhere so i don't feel like there's you don't need a big budget to do that and make a, a creepy scary movie right uh, i think the probably the biggest effect in the movie was not seeing the monster at the end and the way that the ground would like ripple because there was something like flying under the ground or right which but maybe that was cool that at the was time just, right it i don't know man they we called it totally they called that the, they called that the turtle, and it was an upside down wheelbarrow that they had dug a trench, and then had that underneath the the that, and they were running it down. Which they had to like apparently they had Boy Scouts build that because they were interested in making films. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I think that's fun, but it is cool. And and now that I know that was a cool low budget, you know, hack, a yeah. DIY. I mean, that's awesome. I I appreciate that scene even more now. There right. was just there was no payoff. No, unfortunately, dude, we're dogging this movie really hard. I don't think we've ever dogged one. No, I don't think hard. so either. That's why I was really looking forward to this movie. After I finished it, I was like, I cannot wait to talk about this film. I uh, know, because I was watching it too, and I'm like, this is so boring, man. I'm so disappointed. Like, I, I right. there's movies that we've watched that I didn't like, but it was still interesting. Yeah, you know, there's no. re I have a solid reason for not liking it, not just that it was that it was uninteresting. <laughs> right, right. I remember, yeah, I remember going back when we decided to watch this movie. I was like, okay, I think this is going to be interesting because I remember this film is like, it was interesting, but my God, watching it now, I was just like, I look at, you know, I was like trying to find things to clean while I was watching this movie, or just like, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was bored. Anything to make pass the time. Right. I was like, you need help with Harper, Aubrey? Oh, don't worry. Don't worry about the movie. I'm not missing anything. Right. Oh, okay. Well, I got to say this though. Like, there's a couple of notes that I, oh, real real quick. I, let me drop some, uh, some uh, trivia real quick. Yeah. Um, any trivia you have. Let's, let's spice this up a little bit. Uh, so actually John Franklin, the guy who plays Isaac, who is the um, 25 year old who was playing the 12 year old. Uh, right. It's kind of interesting. He actually was an actor in here and there in different films. And then after 9-11 happened, he saw what he says, the shallowness of, of showbiz. And so he left showbiz altogether and, he became um, he he became a actual um, a teacher at a school. So I think he's still teaching now. I, I don't know if he's retired, but like a like a full on school teacher. And I was like, that's actually right. pretty cool. And yeah. I know I know he's in some of the sequels, and so I th he might have come out of um, well, out of those retirement. Are all, 
I believe all those happened before he made that decision. Okay, that makes sense. But I thought that was pretty interesting. And yeah, I actually kind of want to watch the one. It's it's called Isaac's Revenge or something. I think it's the sixth. Yeah, one? six six six. Yeah, right. The Return and of Isaac. He actually he wrote the screenplay for that, so he might have even helped produce it. And I don't. I didn't get much further beyond hmm. his role. In, I mean, he replayed his character obviously too. But um, that sounds like it was kind of something that was kind of a passion project for him. I think that was in the mid nineties or so. That makes sense. I don't know. I might. I might have to go through these films and just like start watching them and seeing what's up. Um, sure. So uh, let's see. The safe goal of Hemingford, the that the main characters are trying to get to, is the same place the heroes of uh, King's novel, The Stand, are also to, drawn to in their dreams. So I was like, there you go. There's the Stephen King tie-in right there. Right. Uh, I think the book that Bert is reading at one part in the car is Night Shift, which is the book that this story is in. And oh, so, I missed that. That's cool. Uh, I thought that was cool. Um, and then right here it says that this is the first of several Stephen King movie adaptions that stars one of the Terminator 2 main characters. So you got Lim- <laughs> Linda Hamilton in this. Then right. in, uh, you've got uh, Pet Cemetery 2 with Edward Furlong. And then you've got oh, then you got Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Running Man. So Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so, I can't wait till we get to that one. Yeah. So we got, I, I thought that was pretty funny. And also too, there's a, uh, Art Pupil, which has Joe Morton in it, which I haven't seen Art Pupil. So oh, ap- Apt Pupil. Oh, yeah, Apt Pupil. I don't know why I was always saying... I was thinking of the movie Art School. Anyways, yeah. Apt Pupil. Yeah, I have not seen that film yet, so I'm excited when we get Did to that one. Did you read that book? That's yeah. a Richard Bachman one. No, I didn't. When he had his pseudonym. Wait, The Running Man or, or Apt Pupil? Actually, both of them. Okay, I know... They were both Bachman books. Right. And that's where he was writing as an angry person. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, so one thing I wanted to go back to was I laughed out loud was when Bert is running away from the kids. He gets stabbed. He's running away. He is full on running, and then he right. freaking falls. He trips and like <laughs> yeah, he face. eats it hard. He eats it hard, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this movie just got some props because you know, like whoever the hero of the heroine, they're always running away from the monster. Right. He he sells it. I don't know if that was a mistake or what. But he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, re- I rewound it and was like, is that a stuntman? I, it didn't look like a stuntman. So I, I want to say like. <laughs> he just I, committed. It, it might have either, either he committed or it, it was real. <laughs> and then they kept it in the True. movie. Yeah, he might have tripped by accident. It was That was awesome though. Right. Uh, uh, let's see here. Oh, the other part I laughed out loud too was that Isaac comes back from the dead and he's like, he wants you Malachi. And he reaches over and he grabs him by the neck and then he tries to pick him up, but Malachi's taller than him already. <laughs> oh, like a lot. And he's, he's like, like at least a foot and a half taller. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was laughing so hard because I was like, he can't. He's trying to look all like, like pick him yeah, up by the neck. And, everything. and he's like, he's already taller than him, so he's like reaching for his neck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, that, I thought that was hilarious. Um, I did actually liked. The, um, they have cartoon effects in this at the end when they show the yeah uh, no, like the big explosion and you see the the face in the explosion that's right. straight up cartoons because I I know Tron was the first movie that technically had CG in it and mm-hmm. so I think this movie came out after Tron but Tron was like really experimental when it came out and right. so like that didn't become normal till a lot later um, right with the lawn well, same when uh, when Isaac <laughs> gets sacrificed in that whole oh yeah yeah that that thing goes up abs- on him. Right, absorbs him with the energy light beam, whatever it is. Yeah, 
Dude, I love Isaac's voice. He's just like, he's got the highest voice. He's, the he's most, so mousy when he talks. He's so it totally annoying. sounds like helium or something. You know? Right. I loved it. I was just like, this guy's so annoying, but in like the best of ways. And then I, I love the part two when they're running away after they like blow up the field. Good explosion, by the way. That was a good explosion. It was. That was probably a quarter of their budget right there. No, that, was, that was $600,000 right there. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and so... Um, I, I thought it was funny. They're, they're running away, and the Job is running away with him, the little kid. And he's like, is he dead? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, then why are we running? And they're like, shut up. We're running. <laughs> I and I was like, that's a logical question, actually. That's right. Well, the total, that's like a kid question, though. They just, you know, <laughs> right. being logical there. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Um, and then I, I love the part at the end with Rachel's in the car, jumps up for the last scare, of course. And right. she's like, ah, and they just close the door and just pops her right in the face and knocks her out right. cold. I'm like, that's awesome. Cause she's a kid and it's just like, that wouldn't have broken the window. Like that would, yeah, she would just bounced off that out cold. Right. And that's right. the end of the movie. Knocked her out. Done. Uh, you got anything else to uh, talk about this film before we roll into our final verdicts? Not really. Um, just kind of tying in, I guess, with the end after they knock her out. And the kids, um, you know, the the brother and sister, Job and Sarah, mm-hmm. they're all joking together. Oh, can we come stay with you? Or something like that. Oh, yeah, you can stay for a few days. Anyways, they're just chopping it up, laughing like it's the most wonderful thing ever. And right. they're all going to live happily ever after. It's just like you just survived this catastrophic, awful thing. And, right. You know, it's just just wonderful life. Here we go. I, and I think, yeah. and then it just, like you had said at the beginning, it just ends. It's just done. And I think part of why that's so cool of an ending is because it's over finally. But <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the feeling oh. not of coolness. Maybe it's a feeling of relief. Exactly that you know the torture is over. Right. Um, I okay. My final thing is the preview for this. Oh yeah, was way better than the movie, and it it was intense, and it it was, it was fast. You know, cuts. Uh, yeah. Just like a great, you know, preview should have been, but the movie could have been a lot quicker like that. And yeah, it was scary. Like if you saw, if you're a Stephen King fan, you like horror. If you would have seen that preview, you would have been super stoked to see the oh, movie. Oh yeah. I would have totally gone to see it. It looked creepy. Um, the yeah. music was legit. They had a strong 80s music going on there. I was like, oh dude, this looks cool. Too bad I already know the movie's terrible. But right. <laughs> let me rephrase that. Sorry, not my cup of tea. Obviously there are sure. some people... That like this movie. Some people, a lot of right. people like the, a lot. The, a lot of uh, children like this movie. <laughs> um, so, um, no, if you I just need a, a horror movie with training wheels. We recommend Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn. And I can't speak for the rest of the movies. I haven't seen them, but yeah, this movie's a, yeah, it, man, I think that's why, like, I wanted them to make, to remake this movie. This is one movie after I watched, I was like, dude, they need to remake this movie. Sure. And they did remake it on the Sci-Fi Channel, and apparently even that's better than this movie. Which, I didn't see it, but they could really do this movie justice, and it would be really cool. They could. Well, if they would just, okay, some of the best Stephen King movies out there, or rather movies based off his work, are the movies done on his short stories. Yeah. They're just, you know, Shawshank, um, The Mist. Yeah. Um, We won't have to list all of them. But anyways, most of those ones turned out to be really good movies. And if you read the short story, it's super disturbing. It's Mm -hmm. it's fast. I mean, it's it's really unsettling. So just make that the movie. Like, do what happened in the story. 
And yeah. you're going to have, you know, a banger of a movie that's terrifying and can very much can leave you unsettled. Right. I, didn't, I don't know what else to say. I didn't find as much uh, of the making of this movie as I wanted to, because I'm sure there's several stories about this. So maybe this movie got censored like crazy. That could have been the case. Maybe there could was be. like gruesome stuff, because I know like a, fr- a lot of Friday the 13th movies, they got censored. And so there's like the, the violence in those movies was actually a lot worse. And um, so since they w- didn't want to rate this movie X, um, actually, I don't know if NC-17 was already out by then. But anyways, um, I'm drawing a blank on that right now. But yeah, I'm just gotcha. wanted to know like what more of like the background of this, and I don't have the movie, I don't have the making of this, but I would actually like to know more about the making of this movie because I just feel like sure. there's got to be more to this to the story of like the making of this movie because it's not. I right. see why the budget's not that big because it really doesn't need to be that big. It's in a right. small town, and it's corn. I mean, like if you're drive through Nebraska, that's like literally like three fourths of Nebraska. Right. So, yeah, which I have some good friends from Nebraska. Anyways, well, there you go. Yeah. So, all right. Let's roll into our final verdicts real quick. Yes. Um, let's see. So, uh, yeah. Do you think that it hit its mark when it first came out? Oh, man. So, based on the box office, I mean, that's a home run. Yeah. So, big home run. I, I, I don't want to give it an A, but I think you have to when you look at you know what they spent and what they recouped from it. So, that's pretty amazing. So, I'm going to give it an A. Yeah, I yeah I agree. I got to give it an A too. It di- it didn't get good ratings from critics, but Stephen King movies were were hot at that time. Exactly. And, yeah, it, and like you said earlier, just the fact that the preview and the posters and everything had his name on it prominently. Right. I mean that that sold tickets right there. Yeah, because the idea is cool. You see the Sith, and you're just like. Oh man, like this is like what is this? This sounds super creepy. So, but right. apparently, but it's not like though people went to go see it and then they're like, no, it's bad. It's fourteen million. That's a big difference. So, right. like, uh, yeah, like Christine uh, was made on nine million, and I don't, I don't think that movie was not even close to as profitable as this one. Right. So I understand why they keep making sequels to this. If it's like dirt cheap to make them and people are gonna buy, pay for it, I get it. So yeah, I gotta yeah. give, I give it an A plus for. Knocking it out of the park on that, and and also now it's a it's a cult classic. So number two, is it still relevant today? Yeah, um, I mean, just looking at all the freaking sequels that keep coming out. I mean, people mm-hmm. keep loving it. It's still, I mean, as far as franchise horror franchises go, I mean, that's pretty massive. Yeah, uh, and there's really not been any gaps. I mean, there was a gap between the first and the second one, I guess, but then after that, it's pretty steady. Yeah. For, you know, 20, 30 years. So I guess, man, I guess you got to give it a B. I think for the, the, it's kind of like the Twilight franchise. Like they had a, they had a built-in franchise that kept coming to see the movies. So they kept making money. So I, I think, is it still relevant today? I mean, people keep returning to this series. So I'd give it a B as well. I think that that makes sense. It's not like a huge hit, but like if you if you've seen horror movies, you like horror movies, and you hear Children of the Corn. If you haven't seen it, you know what it is. Right. So it is one of those. Um, I think I would definitely say it's one of those cult classic movies from the eighties. Kind of blew up more in the nineties and beyond, really. Yeah. When you look at all the sequels and whatnot. Yeah. All right. Is uh, what was your personal enjoyment of this film? Oh man, it's a D. Okay. A D, strong D, huh? Yeah, solid D. I almost gave it an F, but it wasn't like I was going to turn it off. It was just boring. I gave it an F because uh, oh. 
because I, change I, mine? I wanted to turn it off <laughs> several times and I was like, no, we got to finish it. We got to review this I know. film. We committed to doing it. Right. Every time Malachi was like, Outlander, I was like, dude, I want to turn this movie off. But um, no, I I was literally was. So for me, is it a midnight watch? No, I would rather sleep uh, than watch this movie. What about yourself? Yeah, it's, it's a hard no for me as well. <laughs> But like I said, boys and girls, if if you just want to try out horror movies for the first time and you don't want to be too scared, this might be the movie for you. I don't know. Like they, they may not be too scared, but they may not. They might be like all horror movies are this boring. <laughs> so I don't know. If you like oh, this, that's true. If you like this movie, then that's awesome. Everybody's has different feelings and different thoughts on different films, which is why it's always fun to listen to different podcasts and different opinions because you're like that right. guy's stupid or that guy's legit. Hopefully, right. we land more on the legit side. But, well, and you and you said it earlier. I mean, they've made so many of these other movies that, yeah, maybe the first one sucks, even if you're a fan of the franchise. But the way it just, you know, sprouted all these sequels, yeah, there's something there, and we haven't seen them. So maybe if we watched more of them, we could be like, all right, I get it. Cool yeah, franchise. Maybe this is a great franchise, and the first movie just wasn't my favorite film. And who sure. knows? I could totally right. become. What are you compliment? Is this a, you'll become a cornhead? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That about wraps up today's episode. If you want to check out this film, I watched it on Amazon Prime. Where'd you watch it? I watched it on Tubi. Hey, hey. Man, that's a great app. It uh, is. I love it. I think it's on it's, there for a while, too. Yeah, it's been there. I mean, you showed me Tubi a year ago and it mm-hmm. was it was on my list from then. <laughs> I guess there. people I guess people aren't really fighting over the rights for streaming this film. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, special thanks to our sound producer Jake Colvin and if you had as much fun as we did on this episode, we would love it if you shared it with your family, your friends, your children, <laughs> anybody that you think would like it. <laughs> your that mailman. Sounds, yeah, your mailman. Yeah. <laughs> Please subscribe, rate, and review. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to have some <laughs> some ratings. Even if you hate it, please. We'd love to hear that you hate it. Uh, but <laughs> Bring we hope you love hate. it. <laughs> Bring something. <laughs> uh, please uh, do this to our podcasts that are found on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and just about every other platform. Also, we'd love it if you'd visit our Instagram page our facebook page we're on twitter and please join the conversation of what is your midnight watch we have a hashtag going for that as well and uh, you can also directly reach us at the midnight watch podcast at gmail.com yeah we appreciate all you listeners already for for every all your support and that we've been enjoying in this last year and the reason we're asking for subscribing and for uh, comments and stuff is we also want to know what do you guys like like where do you where do you want this podcast to go so yeah hit us up email us um and all that stuff we appreciate it thank you so much you guys you have a fantastic week and as always keep up the watch